Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, it's episode number 750. That's crazy. That's a big number. We'll talk about that. We'll recap the Yankees' successful weekend against the Royals and preview their series in Toronto, which begins tonight. Get excited. All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Yankee fans. This is Stacey Gotsoulias, the host of Lockdown Yankees. Welcome to the show. It is Monday, May 2nd, and it's episode 750. This is amazing. That's a pretty big number. I'm pretty excited about that. I wasn't here from the beginning, but... Yeah, 750 is a pretty big accomplishment. Now, speaking of here, it's Locked On Yankees. Welcome to the show. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can listen to us on every podcasting platform available, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. And when you get into your car, or if you have one in your house, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. I joked about that because I already recorded this and my smart device, I won't say her name, interrupted me. Yeah, so here we are again, episode 750. Just a quick background about this. Locked on Yankees was actually a website that had a podcast and it had articles and a number of people doing the podcast and the articles. And I was contacted by Jesse Spector, who was running it back then in 2018, asking me if I wanted to take over. And I had podcasting experience. I had editing experience. I knew how to run a baseball blog website. So I jumped at the chance. I was kind of in flux and some things were happening professionally. So I needed new things to do. And so I started. And at first... I was barely doing the show because I was, you know, making sure all the articles were going up and I would put the shows up, but other people were doing them. And within a month and a half, it was me. Just me. I did take that personally, I'll say. (laughs) I was like, what's happening here? Why is it just me? And then they decided to turn it into podcast only. And I've been doing it since July of 2018. So been doing it a while. There's a lot of Yankee stuff that's been happening in those episodes. I don't know my personal number. I'd have to go back and look and I like, you know, actually count them out, which might take me forever. But yeah, 750 is really, that's a cool milestone. Yeah, so 750, here we are. And we have good things to talk about. It's another Yankee sweep. Three in a row. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They're winning games that they probably wouldn't have won last year. It's just, 
they're doing everything right. And what's the reward? Going to Canada and playing in the first place. No, they're not first place. The Yankees are first place. The team that everyone assumed would be in first place, the Blue Jays. Of course, it's only May 2nd. And I said this on my post-game video last night. It's only May 2nd. Lots of things can change. <laughs> there are lots of games left in the season. But for right now, the Yankees are playing the way we want them to play. Now, will this be a situation where they win nine in a row and then they lose like five in a row? Or will it be a situation where they win nine in a row, maybe lose one, then win three in a row and don't make it so roller coastery? Let's hope. So let's look at the series in Kansas City. We'll look at Friday's game first. We'll go in order. order. Why not? Now, Friday's game was the Apple Plus game. So let me know in the comments on YouTube if you're watching this. And let me know on Twitter at Locked on Yankees what you thought of the broadcast. I would like to know. I saw lots of complaints, but Yankee fans complain about everything. And when I say I saw lots of complaints, I mean on Reddit and, twi and Twitter, you know, social media complaints. It's not like I had personal, you know, interactions with people who were calling me up and complaining. Um, the one thing people will complain about, you know, my mom's 75. She has friends who are around her age and a little older who like to watch the Yankees. They don't have Apple Plus. They don't have Amazon. So they don't get to watch these games. And frankly, they don't like that. But we're in the streaming age, and this is the direction things are going in. Personally, I didn't mind the broadcast, but I will say that I tuned out um, listening to anything that they had to say by probably the third or fourth inning. But I tend to do that with every broadcast, even yes broadcasts. I kind of just tune out what anyone is saying and just focus on the game. And that kind of happened Friday night. I will say the picture because I watched it on my TV this time. You know, I watched the Mets. Was it the Mets and the Nationals was the first game back in April? I watched that on my computer, but I watched Friday's game on my TV. I have the Roku, so I can watch Amazon and Apple and all that stuff on it. The picture was unbelievable. The, the grass looked fluorescent green. Everything was so bright. And the cameras were really clear. Everything was clear. You could see people's complexions, which in some cases is not a good thing. I'm glad that this light shines really brightly on my face because no one needs to see what my face really looks like. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm never going to be on a, an Apple TV broadcast. Thank goodness. So the Yankees win that game in eight innings because it was shortened by rain. <laughs> there were tornadoes and stuff in the area because they are in Kansas City. And, you know, places like Kansas and Missouri, th those are, you know, that's tornado land. And it was pretty scary. So the Yankees, 12 runs on 11 hits. Cortez had a game where he bent but did not break. And that theme will be a theme throughout the weekend. Not for Cole, but Severino had that issue on Sunday. And... He was helped out by a play at third where Bobby Wood Jr. slid into third base. Glaber Torres ran into him and they called him out because he slid off the base. Now, honestly, it looked like his momentum was taking him off the bag. And it's possible he could have slipped all the way off the bag without Glaber Torres' help. But my question is, 
What the hell was Glaber Torres doing during that play? What was DJ LeMayhew doing during that play? Do they not know how fast Bobby Wood Jr. is? Maybe. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't know. Because that was a really bad play. They're lucky that the ump called him out. It really could have gone either way. I feel like his momentum would have taken him out. But I don't know. Some people don't think that that's the case. Who was the umpire? Oh, yes. Manny Gonzalez. That's right. So thank you, Manny Gonzalez. Mike Matheny got ejected. And then... Instead of it, it would have been tied, actually. would have been tied at 3-3 because after he was out, there were a couple of hits and people scoring. And yeah, they would have tied that game if he wasn't called out. And it, it may have changed the game completely. You know, a 3-3 game is a lot different than a 3-1 or a 3-2 game. And yeah, stinks for the Kansas City Royals, but that helped the Yankees out. Oh, well, <laughs> in a moment, we'll continue our recap of the series against Kansas City. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find the latest sports development, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs. A lot of crazy stuff happening in the basketball playoffs, sort of. <laughs> and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Now, speaking of that, got some odds here that I find very interesting. The 2022 MLB World Series odds. On April 6th, the Yankees had 12 to 1 odds. Today, on May 2nd, 9 to 1. See what a nine game winning streak does? And their pennant odds went from 6 to 1 on April 6th to 9 to 2 today. So. We'll see how they look at the beginning of June. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, where you get recaps of Major League Baseball games with analysis from our local experts who are taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So, Yankees win a game-shortened, game-shortened, rain-shortened game. That's the sentence I'm looking for on Friday. And then on Saturday, Garrett Cole looked to continue his better pitching <laughs> because his first few starts were rough and now he has a streak going so good for Garrett Cole I mean yes it's only the Royals but hey it's a streak he threw 91 pitches six innings gave up five hits no runs Royals didn't score any runs on Saturday thanks to Garrett Cole Miguel Castro Clay Holmes and Aroldis Chapman Cole walked two, struck out six, and the Yankees' offense, eight hits, three runs. Each team committed an error. What are you going to do? But Garrett Cole gets his second win of the season, and we, I believe we said this on the show last week, that if he had a good game against the Royals, his bloated ERA would be much lower and his month would look a lot more positive than it was when his ERA was, you know, six. And sure enough, when you look at Garrett Cole and his stats, he's 2-0 with a 3.00 ERA. There you go. 
That's all he needed. That's the good thing about the beginning of the season. You can correct bad starts, basically. You know, I mean, the Yankees actually did it as a team. And not that their start was bad. It wasn't bad. They won two out of three against Boston and split against Toronto. It's really that one series against Baltimore that's just so annoying. Is that that's the only one that they've lost because they split with Toronto, right? Because they won the series against the Tigers. They just dropped the last game in annoying fashion. So, yeah. The Yankees have had a pretty good start to the season. They have the best record in baseball right now. Again, it's only May 2nd, so it's too early to talk about that stuff. But it's still nice to have the Yankees have a good April because there are a lot of times they don't have good Aprils and they kind of start off slow and then they build things up. And this seems to be different and feel different. So, yeah, let's hope that continues. Gleyber Torres, Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo. Five, six, wait, no. Yeah, five, six, seven in the order. Is that how it went? Yes, I can count. I swear to God, I can count. They all had two hits on Saturday. And also on Saturday, I was talking about the Apple TV broadcast. Carlos Beltran and John Flaherty were in the booth for Saturday and Sunday. And Yankee fans were complaining about that as well. Because Yankee fans are never happy with any broadcast, really. They complain about everything. And I like to tell Yankee fans that they should listen to other teams' booths and see just how bad some of them are. We know the good ones. The Met booth is great. Everyone always talks about how great they are. But if you listen to other teams' broadcast booths, they're not great. So stop complaining, okay? Carlos Beltran, this is his first year as an analyst. Give him time to get used to doing it. Also, don't do a drinking game and do a shot every time he says the word opportunity because he says it a lot. You'll be drunk by probably the second or third inning and blackout drunk by the sixth. So just be careful. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't mind Carlos Beltran. Again, he's he just has to get used to being an analyst and he has to, you know, work on interjecting and saying things that will kind of build a conversation but he'll do if he'll do that it'll eventually happen it's not easy being in a booth it's just not you can't just drop someone in there and expect them to do things it's going to take him a little while now i mentioned the bullpen after cole and i need to mention this again because these guys are unbelievable so miguel castro pitched an inning gave up a hit one walk one strikeout clay holmes one hit in one inning, and Aroldis Chapman pitched an inning. Aroldis Chapman, for all the complaining that I do about him, his ERA is zero <laughs> right now. He's appeared in 11 games. He has six saves. He's pitched nine and one-third innings total. So for as much complaining as I do about Aroldis Chapman, he's doing pretty well. You know, they've gotten it to where... He had that one bad outing, but then they didn't end up losing and he didn't end up getting any of those runs charged to him because if any of those guys had scored, because didn't he, did he walk two or three that one game where they had to take him out? So yeah, his, his stats on the year are pretty crazy. Hopefully I didn't just jinx him for Toronto. And then we have Sunday's game. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Just kidding. That's a... Is that an Al Roker thing from The Shady Show? Yeah. 
So the Yankees won Sunday's game 6-4. I mentioned how Cortez bent but didn't break. Same thing happened with Luis Severino. He had a bit of a rough time, but ultimately, he didn't break. Five innings, four runs on seven hits, three of them earned, one walk, four strikeouts. Gave up a home run to Michael A. Taylor, who's only a solo shot. But he came back in the fifth inning and looked okay. After the Yankees had scored two to pull within four to three. But I feel like this game would have been a game that the Yankees would have lost in 2021. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way about it. But it just felt like one of those games. Because, well, one, it was a Sunday. Two, it was a day game. Three, it was the game in which they could sweep. And we know how much trouble the Yankees had closing out series in 2021, especially on Sunday and during the the day. So they had three things working against them yesterday, and they still pulled out the victory, which you should be excited about that because that was fantastic. And very I was very excited about that win. It was a good one. Yes, I know it's the Royals, but as I keep saying, if you're a good team, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You're supposed to beat the Royals. You're supposed to beat the Orioles. You're supposed to beat the Guardians. Now, it'll also help if they could beat Toronto, but, you know, Toronto's a good team. So, their winning streak will come to an end at some point this week. They're not sweeping Toronto, especially not with Alec Manoa pitching in one of those games. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, summer is coming, and with summer, you need to have some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Just throw them in your bag, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious, so there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. And it's easy. All you need to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And have you tried the Built Puffs yet? They're so good. They're, po- they're protein-infused marshmallows. Who thinks of this stuff? Built Bar does. Their flavors, banana cream pie, churro. Churro is amazing. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try their mixed box. It comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure that there's something for everyone. So go to Built.com, get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, mint brownie. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So yesterday's game, Aaron Judge. Let's talk about Aaron Judge because people had an issue with the fact that he was out of Saturday's game. He was given some rest. He's been on a bit of a roll. And I know that a lot of people think that sometimes when a guy is on a roll, you don't want him to sit out because it'll screw things up. But it did not. He hit two home runs yesterday. And in true Aaron Judge fashion, one of them was an absolute bomb. I think it went 453. I think that was the footage. And then another one that was an absolute laser that would have hurt someone seriously if they got hit with it. Oppo to right field. The first home run was pretty much dead center in Kansas City. It went really far. 
So yeah, Aaron Judge was not slowed down at all by sitting on, on Saturday. So he was fine yesterday. And as for the pitchers after Severino, Clark Schmidt pitched an inning. He actually picked up the win because the Yankees scored when he was the pitcher of record. Lucas Letke pitched a third of an inning, gave up two hits, struck out one. Michael King, one and two-third innings, struck out two. Michael King has been unbelievable. And if he stays unbelievable until the All-Star break, don't be surprised if you see him in the All-Star game. And then Aroldis Chapman pitched an inning, one hit, one walk, was able to close it out, get his sixth save of the year. And as for the other batters, aside from Judge, Andujar, two for four. He started in left field. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, one for three. He's batting 303 on the season. So, you know, I know people were questioning the move. I was. If you watch the show or listen to it, you know I was. I was pissed they didn't get Correa. And, you know, IKF is shutting people up. Is he going to hit the ball 400 feet? No. But can he hit the ball consistently? It seems so. So this is actually a pretty good move for the Yankees. So, um, yeah, so far so good. Again, it's only early May. Lots of things can change, but so far so good. So now the Yankees, after winning nine in a row, are rewarded by having to go to Canada. Now, the good thing is it was reported that everyone is in Canada. I say this because there were questions about whether or not certain people would be vaccinated and if we would see certain guys not make the trip to Canada. John Heyman reported that everyone has their vax card and they will be in Canada tonight. Boston played in Toronto last week. One of their starters refused to get vaccinated so he couldn't go to Canada. Then someone else had to do like a spot start for him and they kind of had to shuffle things around. And, you know, Boston hasn't been playing that great this year, but that screwed them up big time. And they lost three out of four against Toronto. So when people talk about how it shouldn't be a big deal that these guys don't want to get vaccinated. Abby and I have been telling you over and over again. Yes, it is. This is a team thing. You have to do things for your team. You know, it would have been a big deal if guys like Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo were not in the lineup for these three games. Now, the Yankees could lose all three games anyway, even with those guys in the lineup. But you have a better chance of winning when those guys are in the lineup. You know? So tonight, Jordan Montgomery against Ross Stripling. Poor Montgomery. Still looking for his first year, first win of the year. Actually, Stripling is too. He doesn't have a win, nor does he have a loss. He is, let's see, 3.60 ERA on the year for Stripling and 12 strikeouts. Montgomery, 0-1 with a 2.70 ERA, 15 strikeouts. And all of the matchups disappeared. I had them earlier. What happened? What happened? Oh, there they go. Okay. Oh, the lineup is out for Toronto. That's what it was. Bo Bichette is a pain in the butt against Jordan Montgomery. He's only faced him eight times, but he has two home runs in those eight at-bats with seven runs batted in. He's batting 500. Vlad Jr. also has a home run against Jordan Montgomery in seven at-bats. He's batting 429. As for the Yankees against Stripling, DJ LeMay, he was faced him the most with 22 at-bats. He's batting 318. No home runs, but a run batted in. Giancarlo Stanton has a home run against Stripling in seven at-bats with three runs batted in. Now, tomorrow's matchup, that's the scary one. 
That's scary. Alec Manoa has been unbelievable so far this season. And he's like their young guy. Very young and very good. He's 4-0 with a 1.44 ERA in and 25 strikeouts. Now, Jamison Tyone has been doing really well. 1-1 one one with a 3.26 ERA and 17 strikeouts. So he's no slouch. But Alec Manoa, whew, that's a scary proposition for the Yankees. So that's going to be the game that you should look out for and see how the Yankees do against him. Now, you never know, because last year in that pivotal series at the very end of September, when the Yankees went to Roger Center or Sky Dome, as Toronto natives like to call it, they beat Robbie Ray when people weren't expecting him to or expecting them to. So... This might be one of those reverse lock games where you think Alec Manoa is going to shut down the Yankees and then they beat him up. No offense to Alec Manoa. <laughs> so matchups. Bo Bichette has faced Tyone 10 times, 10 at-bats. He's batting 300 with a run batted in. Matt Chapman, Vlad Jr., and George Springer all have home runs against Tyone. And the Yankees haven't really faced Manoa a lot, but Aaron Judge has faced him eight times in eight at-bats he doesn't have an average against him. Same thing with DJ LeMahieu. Eight at-bats, batting nothing. So, yeah, that could be scary for the Yankees and for us watching. Or it might not be. You never know. Again, baseball is weird, and games that you expect teams to win, they don't. And games when you expect them to get shut down, they don't. Or they aren't. And Wednesday's game, the Yankees do not have a starter listed yet. But they will be facing off against Yusei Kikuchi. Now, I said this the last time they faced him, because they faced him in that series in which the Yankees split. They seem to have an every other start thing with Kikuchi, where they do well or they don't do well. And they did pretty well the last time they faced him. So will this be one of the times where they don't do well? He's 0-1 with a 5.52 ERA so far this season, with 13 strikeouts. He's a left-hander. And the Yankees batters against him. Judge has faced him nine times. Now, he's only batting 222, but he's two home runs with four runs batted in. Jose Trevino has a home run against him. Joey Gallo has a home run against him, and he's batting 286 and seven at bats. And DJ LeMahieu has faced him 11 times. He's batting 455, no runs batted in, and no home runs. And let's see, did I miss someone? Aaron Hicks, yes. He's only faced him once. He's only faced Kikuchi once, and he has a home run against him with two runs batted in. So that'll be an interesting start as well. Of course, it depends on who's pitching for the Yankees at that point. We'll find out. But yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting series up in Toronto. Um, a pivotal series, may I say, even though it's early May. You know, it'll be interesting to see how the Yankees do up there. Like I said, having everyone there is a big deal. Because this series would have felt not, I'm not going to say insurmountable, like um, like an impossibility without certain guys in the lineup, but it wouldn't have been as easy for them. Not that it's going to be easy, but you know, when you know you have everyone there, it makes the prospect of winning or the thought of it easier than if you're missing three or four guys from the team, because that's a big deal. And especially the guys that the Yankees would have been missing. Again, Judge and Rizzo are big bats in your lineup. They lead the American League, I believe, in home runs. So they're like one and two. That's a big deal. 
So yes, thank goodness, every Yankee is in Toronto, and I'm saying it like a native, they don't pronounce the second T, and, uh, you know, hopefully things will be, continue to be good for the Yankees, maybe we'll see a two out of three, and I'll get to sing Meatloaf on Thursday. Speaking of that, Thursday is an off day, and then the Yankees come home to play the Rangers, so hey, will we have a crossover with Bryce from Locked On Rangers? Maybe there's a tease for you. So yeah, so the Yankees sweep the Royals. They head to Toronto on a nine-game winning streak. We have good things to look forward to, hopefully. Hopefully. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube, and you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Monday. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.